Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Bobber You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Everybody, welcome to Go Home Bible. You're drunk, the podcast where we dust off our Bibles and ask why were we taught this? It's very strange, and we drink about it or non-alcoholic drink about it, depending on the week. I'm Tori. I'm a former evangelical. Um, I was, you know, culture warrior baby. One of them didn't work out great. Turns out most of those people don't want black people around anyway, so it wasn't going to work. And yeah, so now I'm now I'm not that, and I do this instead, instead of self medicating. Also, <laughs> so <laughs> I also have a co-host. Uh, yes, you do. My name is Justin. I was a former evangelical, former super Christian, even, and I was a pastor. I was paid professional evangelical, and uh, it didn't work out for me. Uh, and I'm glad it didn't actually. So. Now I get to talk about it on the internet and just enjoy enjoy living a life that's not that. So there's a, it's been a bit actually since we posted an episode. Um, what will be now last week, but we took a little little R and R, little break, which kind of felt good for the end of the summer. And now we're we're recording regular episodes. And boy, I tell you, the the material is not fun. Um, <laughs> You know, I mean, it never was in fairness. It never was fun, but you know, like every now and then there'd just be this guy on Twitter that we could just kind of just talk about and kind of pull apart and just figure out like, oh, this is weird. And I don't know where bearded diet Gimli Theobro <laughs> went, but and honestly, Twitter, that's something else. We, I mean, or X or whatever Elon Musk has decided to call it today. You know what? Twitter is its given name. I don't care yes. what Elon says. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. That's too, it, and and I I I use Twitter and I tweet. When I type <laughs> twitter.com, I go to tweet. Um, <laughs> you know, and like all right, I will just say this. And it's been said before. I'm not this isn't a new take. This is like a lukewarm take at best. But like brands kill for being like the ubiquitous brand, like Kleenex, 
like Kleenex is a brand, but like when you think of a tissue, you think of a Kleenex. Right. But like they can like when you think of sharing something online, tweet. It was just its own thing. Tweet. It, it had it out, its own word. Like it literally. Own, they literally made a word that we used that we enjoyed doing. And now it's <laughs> posting. Like, I mean, what you like only a billionaire. Only a billionaire who got all their wealth from an apartheid emerald mine could be so stupid (laughs) as to take such a strong brand and liquidate it to like post and X. Like, (laughs) I just anyway, that's that'll that'll that's all that's the rant I have for that right now. Um, Yeah, I'll be there. T- I be- I'll be there till the lights go out. I mean, I don't post. I'm not on there as much as I used to be for a lot of reasons, but it, it's more just like let's just watch this slow train crash and implode on itself. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it will fund billionaires launching themselves to Mars <laughs> into the sun. Just yeah. Maybe we could dare them to do that. I mean. Millionaires go to Mars. Billionaires right. go to <laughs> right. the sun. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's the one. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Yeah. On a much lighter note, there are things going on in Israel and Palestine that normally I don't think we would maybe touch on something this sensitive or uh, we don't usually do like world events, world events. necessarily. <laughs> yeah. But um, this is very much a This Week in Evangelicalism, and will probably continue to be, I mean, as of this recording, awful things are happening. As of the time that's posting, probably more awful things will have happened. And I don't know, it's, it's fascinating to me, the, the utter lack of self-awareness or, being, or self-criticism or the, the whole like Christian stand with Israel is just odd to me. And when mm-hmm. I say, and, and let me just preface this whole conversation with like Justin and Tori are not experts. We are just two people discussing this and you're along for the ride. Uh, you can feel free to disagree, but yeah, this is just, it's such an odd thing. This Christian American Christian obsession with having a Jewish state in Palestine mm-hmm. or former mm-hmm. Palestine. I don't know. I, I don't, I mean, I definitely get it from, uh, like, we want to, like, blow up the world. We want to get off. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I definitely, I, under, I understand that part of it. Like, uh, the state of Israel is pretty integral to their reading of r- the book of Revelation as prophecy, which it's not that. But, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, sorry. Yeah, so I think that there's... Yeah, the, it's The it's Book a, of Revelation already happened. Double fulfillment is not a thing. Like, <laughs> yes. The end. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it is, it's very, it's like a very reactive sort of stance, and it's a very uncritical stance. And um, I think that it's really, at least the way that, the way that I was raised, I was obviously was like very pro-Israel, and then there was this whole thing of like, you know, Jews for Jesus and like Messianic Jews. And apparently like mm. most of those people aren't Jewish from what I'm beginning to learn <laughs> at this point. They're just, they just claim to be Christian Jews or Jewish Christian. I don't even know which one it They're is. They're anyway. Christians cosplaying as Jews. As Jews. <laughs> yeah. That's what that is. 
Um, and so I think that they took that whole Paul's like, I've become all things to all men a little too far, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So for, for me, what was, God, when was this? It was probably like 2006, 2007, something that I started doing when I would like hear news about Palestine and Israel, because I'd only been given kind of like one side of the story. Cause it's all, that's all, you know, we're mm-hmm. team Israel, like the U S is team Israel. That's it. Full stop. The end. And what I started doing was I started flipping, I started flipping it and going like, okay, would evangelicals be okay with this if it was reversed? Mm-hmm. Would they be like, just blank check, you can do whatever you want if Palestinians were in charge and they were the ones deciding whether or not Jewish people had like food and electricity and clean water. And it only took about one news story for me to go, oh, yeah, like, this is fucking hypocritical. (laughs) Oh, for sure. And, like, they would not stand for this treatment if it were reversed. They would be losing their fucking minds and being like, this is so goddamn anti-Semitic. How dare they treat, like, Israeli people this way? Because, like, you know, they fetishize Israel, but they don't, you know, they think Jewish people are going to burn in hell forever. Like, they don't give a fuck Mm -hmm. about Jewish people. And that makes you a pretty shitty person in how you treat people generally speaking. So there's yeah. that. <laughs> well, and yeah, it is. It's fascinating to me that it's like, we need a Jewish state so that Jesus comes back for Christians. Uh huh. You know, like that's, it, it just feels very, and, and I, I actually will say this because my thinking on this has been shifting as I continue to read. Like I, I am not against the idea of a Jewish state generally like in a vacuum simply because everywhere else they've lived Europeans typically have treated them awfully. So having a place where they can just be and seems fair. They're in charge. Like I don't have a problem with this as a intellectual experiment or as a, like maybe they ought to have this because like, Europeans and Americans are pretty shitty to them. Um, Don't have the greatest track record. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have the greatest track record of living in coexistence. So like as a people and especially like, you know, generational trauma and these things is Mm -hmm. it's a thing like, sure. Yes, you probably should. Whatever the fuck this is though. (laughs) um, Is probably not the best idea. Not the solution. Not the solution. Not the solution. Yeah, definitely. And I'm just gonna like, okay, so I kind of feel like, guys, if you're gonna, if you're, if you're bombing Gaza, and they are, wouldn't the bombing have worked by now? Like, this Mm -hmm. isn't, this isn't your first rodeo. Like, try a different thing, maybe. But I, I guess in terms of like the state of Israel, which I feel is completely and entirely separate from Jewish people and yes. Jewish people overwhelmingly I would almost say agree. It's, it's, it's separate from a great deal of Israeli people as well. As well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've, you know, I've, I've really appreciated the Israeli people who have, who have, you know, stood up and gone like, what the fuck is this nonsense? Because yeah, like at the end of the day, the way that Palestinians are treated is like an abuse of human rights and, that's super shitty. Like it is, it's technically an apartheid state. Like there are two tiers and, and, and of people, right. It's like, there are two, two different groups. It's a separate, but equal, you might say, uh, but not equal because they're separate, but equal doesn't exist. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. just words. And yeah, I mean, I think that, 
I think you're totally right in a vacuum. It makes some amount of sense. It's also like a, it's also like a low expectations thing of like, oh, we can't be better. So I guess you'll have to just go live in your own place. But yeah, I think that it's the thing that I keep coming back. There's a couple of things that I keep coming back to, but one of them is Liberia because it was an exercise in something rather similar. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. be, because like there were a bunch of wh- wh- white people in the U.S. that were like, well, we don't want free black people here. Like, why would we not just ship them back to Africa? <laughs> and so mm-hmm. they they did like they sent some people back, gave them a territory that's now the state of Liberia. But there were people living there. Right. Mm-hmm. So now you have all these freed slaves again, like people who are deeply like centuries of 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 generational trauma but they're coming in with like resources they're coming in with fucking guns right and mm-hmm. so it's like well if we want this we can we can take it so it's just like so when you hear about liberian civil civil wars it's, it's literally still that fucking clash of like indigenous people and people who were shipped back by the u.s fucking government mm-hmm. <laughs> right well, and, and so yeah and it's indigenous people and then indigenous asterisk people because it's like, you know, kind of. I mean, most of those of. people weren't from Liberia. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I guess it's like they're they're black African people, but like not mm, but <laughs> indigenous not, yes. to Liberia or whatever that area was called before it became like a state recognized by the U.S. government. I think that it is I think it's very like history is very clear that you can go from being oppressed to oppressor in like a hot second. And Mm. that sucks. Like, but it's also, I think a really good warning for people like us to realize that like, Oh, what we are doing, if we begin to mimic the actions of the people who are doing the oppressing, like that says bad things for us. When when we get to be in charge, we're probably going to be shit too. Mm -hmm. So just being really, for me, at least like, it's very much an exercise in like being cognizant of all of that. And, you know, I did like, I posted, God, what did I post? I posted something about how I wanted, you know, I felt like if Hamas has to like abide by international law, which I mean, that's, that's a whole thing, but like, yeah, I think personally, I believe everyone should have to abide by fucking international law when it comes to Mm -hmm. warfare. Like this is a very low bar. But like if, yeah. if Hamas, you has still to get do it, to kill people, right? Like, oh my God. like fuck, but truly, you, like you can, like, but there's rules. You can do still. the wars. You can do the wars. We're not saying you can't do the wars, but like, like you know, maybe target warriors, right? Right, and it, and it's just, and you know, it, like all of these people have have you know, including our president, and like have come out and been like, uh, Hamas needs to like. These are human rights abuses. This is terrorism. Mm-hmm. Hamas can't be doing this. And they're they're very much using it to like dismiss the actual treatment of real Palestinian people, most of yes. whom like more n- less than half of whom even voted for Hamas in the first place. <laughs> like most of them were not born when Hamas came into power. So, yeah, for me, I'm just like, okay, if we're going to I posted something like Israel should also have to abide by international law. Like this isn't yes. complicated guys. I'm not asking like, I'm not asking for a double standard here. Right. I think sometimes equity 
kind of requires like something of a double standard. This doesn't like just, just abide by fucking international law, Mm -hmm. but, but they can't do that. And, and to me, I'm like, if you're asking Palestinians to do that when they have no fucking resources, but Israel, who was backed by the the U S doesn't have to like, that's, that's fucked. I'm like, I think everybody should have to play by the same fucking rules. Um, Yeah. Like, well, and Palestinians have already started with like one arm tied behind their back. And it's like, Oh, can you, Tie the other arm behind her back too. All right, now fine. Right, right. Like, no, and, and I think that that's uh huh. And it's that's very true. And and that's where it it becomes very difficult. And and this is, I think, where the I don't know the tweetification or the Christianization of our politics has really mm, like mm-hmm. not done us any favors because it's like if I stand with the Palestinian people and I do, they're like, oh, well, you support what Hamas is doing. No, it's like, oh my God, they are not right? the same thing. Right. Or if I say like, I stand with the Israeli people, they're like, oh, so you support the Israeli government? Like, no, no. actually, I don't support the Israeli government. I don't support Hamas. Like, <laughs> I know. It's like, I, and it's, this isn't complicated. Right? I, I think that, that what both sides are doing is awful in different ways. Yeah. You know, and differently and awful, differently awful. And it's like, we can't have that discussion. We, there has right. to be like good guy, bad guy. Yeah. And yeah. good guy is good all the time. Bad guy is bad all the time. Mm-hmm. And there, there can't be any, there's, and also even the power analysis of the entire project, which right. is that, yeah, you know, like Israel is backed by all these. Well, I mean, Hamas is backed by foreign governments too. Let's be honest. It's not, not um, the fucking U S but not the U S <laughs> And Europe and you know what I mean? Like, like it's our like our just because our military is what, like eight times bigger than the next or whatever, it's 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 mm-hmm. insane, right? It's so yeah. it's not it's not fair, even though like yeah, Hamas does get some backing from some some, you know, obviously like majority Muslim states, like it's still that still doesn't doesn't come anywhere close to what Israel gets from us. Yeah. Well there was there's been some conspiracy theories floating around about like and these are conspiracy theories. I they may be true, they may not. I'm just I'm I, bear with me, I'm gonna make a point. About like Trump leaking Israel defense oh. stuff to Putin and then Putin leaking it to Iran Iran and then Iran leaking it to Hamas and I'm like all in an effort to like, you know, defund our efforts in Ukraine and so that we focus on Israel. But I'm like, this is the US fucking military. We can fight multiple wars at once. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Maybe not well. Like, I'm not saying we could do it well. I'm not saying, you know, but like, we can find the money to oh, fight. Always. Wars the money always exists for war. All over. Like, that's the, I don't, so if that's the game, like, I, we can walk and chew bubblegum at the same time. Like, that's, that's just kind of, we're, we're, we're basically Sparta. Like, like the Roman do you Empire. think, right, exactly. It's like, do you think that we have 800 military bases across the fucking planet for no goddamn reason? <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not saying this as a flex, like it's that it's a good thing. It's no, truly it's awful. bullshit. It's terrible, but it's also like if that's the plan, like <laughs> um, oh honey, like <laughs> you don't realize we live for war, sadly, uh-huh. and 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 again, that's the that's the whole thing, and and then you know you have Republicans that are doing the same bullshit that mm-hmm. they were saying about Muslims and mm-hmm. you know after nine eleven like just bomb them just to turn turn the desert into glass you know right. we're just gonna just bomb them into oblivion it's like well you're if you're upset that Hamas is targeting you know women and children and civilians and and you should be again 
like just feel that feel like that needs to be (laughs) you cannot then turn around Uh uh-huh and be like hey israel why don't you just kill all the women and children and civilians you know right yeah you know it's like you you can't you cannot do that Mm -hmm. and and that's and that's and again when you have this this i feel like this entire all of the oxygen has been sucked out of the room by fundamentalists mm-hmm. and on a fundamentalists on all sides, really, you know, yeah. you, have, you have Zionists, you have Christian, you know, extremists, you have Muslim extremists. And, and, and the wild thing is, is that before, I don't know, the crusades and before, and even like, I think even during the Ottoman empire, uh, maybe not like Christians, Muslims and Jews got along yes. in yeah. this area. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really until Britain, Britain rolled in. And we're like, hmm. Let's 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 even let's when draw Britain, some lines even here. when Britain was in charge of Palestine, it literally wasn't until they were like, okay, scooch. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there were there were obviously Jewish and and Arab people and you know Christians and Muslims who all lived in that space. And then we get this like revisionist history of oh this war has been going on for thousands of years. It's like no, it fucking hasn't. <laughs> like nope. stop. Like there are still people alive. Like there are still people alive who are just because I happened to Google this. Sorry, Sir Patrick Stewart, older than the goddamn state of Israel. Like this is not. This is mm-hmm. not like a thousand year old war that's just been raging this whole time. Yeah. And like, but saying that makes it easy to go like, oh, well, there's no solution except, you know, total war. Mm-hmm. Right. Which again, against international law. So fuck you. But I mean, the U.S. doesn't sign international treaties, so we don't have to abide by international law just in case. Mm-hmm. Just, just in case just in we need to nuke to more. It. Again. Right. Yeah. Nuke more fucking women and children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's what we did. Yeah. And we're the only nation that's done it. Mm-hmm. And wasn't a military target. Nope. And and it didn't save lives either. <laughs> God, right? You know, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> oh um, Can you imagine if that was like now that all have like bumper stickers that say "nukes save lives"? <laughs> yeah, it's like Jesus. I, I don't like. I don't. I don't know where to go with this other than to say like. I think it's it is important for you know as as we approach holiday season. Uh, obviously, protecting your peace is important, but I I find it very it, it's the, I think the frustration for me and a lot of this is that just you, there's no nuanced views. There's no there's very few places you can go to be like we let's have like an actual like unheated un tainted by religious dogma mm-hmm. conversation about this because it's, yeah. and it's not again like kind of to your point about how sir patrick stewart is older than the state of israel i feel like the idea that israel plays this key role in the end times is an idea not much older than patrick stewart truly yeah you know that you know and and even like rapture theology and all of that this is all very new mm-hmm. and so it's and you would think like, oh, because it's so new, it should be relatively easily to refute. But unfortunately, we have evangelicalism, which views mm-hmm. itself as like the platonic ideal of Christianity. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yes. like this is the Christianity as Jesus lived, as Jesus intended. 
you know, bearded dudes in the mountains hugging each other and, you know, getting hard ons for Israel. You know, like that's <laughs> right. like that that was that's the no, that's not I mean, again, how this like peasant pacifist became this like symbol of war. It's just, you know, we've we've talked about it a lot, but it's it's incredibly sad, honestly, that we just can't we can't um stop meddling and stop meddling with guns like mm-hmm. that's the like it's it's not just like meddling like mm, let's just kind of muck around a little bit with their economy it's like right yeah let's set up a giant military base we're gonna call it quote-unquote israel and we're gonna mm-hmm. just populate it with a bunch of civilians and see what happens right and uh yeah it sucks yeah it's not not good but yeah i think it feels a lot better to talk about this in a place where there can be some like nuanced discussion as opposed to like Twitter or Instagram or, you know, TikTok or whatever, because yeah, otherwise, like if you can't have the whole conversation, it literally just gets reduced to good guys, bad guys, kill everybody, kill everybody. Like those are, those are, those are my options. Like, Mm-hmm. everybody's gonna die on one side of the wall or everybody's gonna die on the other like get fucked like that is that is so fucking childish as a framing mm-hmm. and yeah so it's like it it definitely definitely feels a lot better to be able to have like a real conversation about mm-hmm. what's happening as opposed to just like throwing tweet bombs or whatever so yeah and it's and it's and it's not even i i'm not i'm not gonna suggest that peace in the middle east is simple (laughs) right but i also feel like if we could have more conversations around like what is the human side of this argument Mm -hmm. not the muslim side or christian side or jewish side or israeli side or Mm -hmm. like what is the human side of this how can we create flourishing for every human being in this area totally i think if we could have more of those conversations then i think peace would be more likely i don't know what that's going to look like i'm not prescribing anything i am not an expert on this but i i just i find it to be and and also and i again this is just my fresh reading there there have been people that have done this in Mm -hmm. this area but Mm -hmm. unfortunately you know similar to how we like to find religious we as in the west likes to find religious radicals to radicalize and train (laughs) and make things difficult Uh if you google like where hamas came from i won't spoil it for you (laughs) but you could probably guess that Mm -hmm. they just didn't spring up out of the ground and you know there were secularizing forces in palestine that are are gone now um Mm -hmm. so because radicals are i guess more fun i don't know uh Um, money it's money yeah war costs money Mm -hmm. and we make all the war we mm-hmm. manufacture all the war. So, yep. I mean, I think that's really all it comes down to is that every single, every single one of those missiles is, I don't know how much, hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to buy, we have to have buyers for you these. Have to, well, yeah, we have, yeah, exactly. There has to be a fucking market, right? It's like, it's like, it's in a way it's like the slave trade. Like I, people, I don't know why we're still even having this conversation. Uh, I guess it's it is actually that important. But you know, people were like, "Well, well," but Africans were the ones that were like 
slave catching and selling enslaved people to all the Europeans. And it's like, I could set up 15,000 shops that sell like dog shit and smushed worms. You have to have a fucking market. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it doesn't matter what you're selling. Like it doesn't matter. You can be sell if you're selling shit, no one is going to buy it. Like there has mm-hmm. to be people who want the thing that you were putting out on the market. Um, yeah. Who, who was paying indigenous African people for slaves? Mm-hmm. Like who, who it's largely, it's largely other Africans what, also. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you but, know, that's, that's fairly, yeah. As people like to point out, that's fairly normal, but yeah. But yeah. And then, and then who, who decided to export this across the globe? Right. Like, you know, and that's, that's the, so yeah, I don't, we don't, we don't, we don't have an editorial position uh, on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I think the, that our, editorial position is we're like pro people we don't want people to die like yes pro harm reduction across the board yeah and so whatever position that is or whatever solution that is that that's where we're going to stand and and that and that i think that means standing with palestinian people and israeli people i mean most people in wars did not consent to being in them no yeah military service in israel is compulsory and I imagine Hamas's recruitment strategy is not as consensual <laughs> as is being advertised. <laughs> not as consensual. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's it's true. Like, you know, I think most people like most people just want to live their lives. You know, no, mo- like people, nobody's cheering for like waking up and like waking up to bombs in the middle of the mm-hmm. night. You know, like. No one wants that. Like, there's a handful of people in a handful of rooms that are coordinating all of this shit. Hmm. And 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 that's it's it's sad that we kind of don't even uh, so much agree on that. Like, I I remember there was is back when like North Korea was in the news, and we were like, oh, we're gonna go to war in North Korea. And I remember making like a Facebook comment. This is when I commented on Facebook mm. about like how probably most North Koreans don't want war any more than we do. Right. Like, I mean, they might not be allowed to say that. But. Well, and then someone said like, Oh, I watched a documentary once and they hate us. Like I couldn't believe the stuff they were saying about Americans. I was like, if I was a North Korean person on camera, I would hate <laughs> Americans too. You know, like that is, you have one choice and the choice yep. is, and that choice is to hate Americans. Uh-huh. But I'm just like, and most human beings are not like itching to go to war. Yeah. Unless they have something to gain out of it. Uh-huh. And and I, and I have to believe that about my fellow humans. And I think I, I think that that's that's gonna be the way forward. Mm-hmm. But until then, there's gonna be a lot of going on and I, you know, it, it sucks. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess let's take a maybe a quick break and then we'll talk about something. Uh, well, maybe one solution possibly, mm, um, yes, indeed. Uh, which is uh, nudity. <laughs> All right, we'll see you. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for enjoying that little break with us for some capitalism. If you would like to not have capitalism breaks, you can do so. You can go to patreon.com slash go home Bible and you can join the second church of the drunken Bible. As at many tiers, uh, the youth pastor tier and above, you get a life verse. Um, every tier, um, every every paid tier gets access to our Discord, as well as some other things uh, going on. So go ahead and check that out if you can. We have uh, 
lots of lovely patrons and we just are incredibly grateful for your support. It keeps the lights on, keeps us recording and uh, keeps things moving. So join that if you can. For this week's um, drinking game, I, I don't necessarily have a drinking game prepared other than just to say, whenever you're like thinking to yourself, hey, nudity and nudism don't seem like such bad ideas. Go ahead, take a drink, especially if you've never thought that before. If you're like, hmm, this is a new thought for me. Go ahead, take a drink and just see where that goes. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Seems fair. So, and this this topic actually was inspired by um, someone on our Patreon um, or, or on our Discord server. They just kind of were just mentioning it. And uh, we sometimes ask for episode ideas and we get episode ideas from our patrons. So if you want to influence a little bit what we talk <laughs> about, this is one way to do it. But I, I, I saw this and I thought, like, this is actually something that we had had, I think, when we started a list. Uh, mm hmm. Actually, I can almost say this years ago now. It's almost yeah. years ago. And uh, we kind of just like we're talking about like nudity and and, and also just like, you know, th- this idea that, you know, in at the beginning, you know, they were naked and they knew no shame. And then it kind of just moves on to the to the clothed era of human history. But I, I think I just want to pause there for a second and look at that. And also, like, there are just some wild and interesting experiments in christian nudist colonies for lack of a better term and uh yeah so let's uh let's explore it a bit yeah i mean i don't i actually don't know all that much about like christian christian nudity i obviously the official evangelical position is that all nudity is inherently sexual so oh yeah we definitely need to touch on that a little bit not problematic yeah in any way shape or form but yeah, I mean, I, I think that something that I think is really interesting about about especially like nudism, I, I was like I was Googling the official the official evangelical position on <laughs> nudity. And uh, the first thing that came up, obviously, was a focus on the family link. And so that was great. It was it was not great. It was absolutely terrible. And it was really interesting because the 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 headline that like they put on this letter that they'd gotten from a Christian person who was like asking what's wrong with nudity and nudism. And so what they put on this headline is what the Bible says about public nudity. And then they respond in this really shitty like they're like it's easy to say that nudism isn't a sexual thing but that doesn't change the fact that for most of us that association is ingrained and natural like mhm no that's mm, not yeah. how that works have you ever heard of like i don't know tribal people <laughs> cuz no that is not how that fucking works you moron oh my gosh it was so frustrating but also like this person's talking about like how they got involved with this group of people who practice nudism and they're like, use it as a way of promoting health and like getting in touch with nature. And like, so like right from the jump focus on the family completely misframes the argument. Cause they're like what the Bible says about public nudity, like, sorry, nudist communities are not public. <laughs> like they're on private fucking property. You cannot be out and about naked in the overwhelming majority of the places in this country. Yeah. So they 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 intentionally like misframe the entire argument. Like that's the Bible doesn't say anything about public nudity. <laughs> like no, I mean there are people that are publicly naked, but right, they're exactly. typically publicly naked in places that 
you're not supposed to be naked. <laughs> but and, yeah. And some of them are commanded by God to be naked. Yeah, sometimes. And sometimes they get naked to worship God. And sometimes mm-hmm. God gets naked too. So yeah. like I don't know. There God, I, God went God had a bare assed romp. I know. I one know. Or two points. Just just because just because he felt like it. Because Moses was like, show me your face. He's like, I'll show you my ass. I'll show you my ass. <laughs> Which is fucking amazing. Like yes. sorry. I mean. It's incredible. But yeah, I, I think it's, you know, a lot of what I found in like a lot of evangelical responses that I found is like, yeah, like nudity wasn't supposed to be shameful, but like now it is. So oh too bad, so sad, I guess, which I think is really weird because there's all these sins that like in evangelicalism you're commanded to like fight these compulsions right like they think Mm -hmm. that being trans is a sin being queer is a sin they think you know being black and talking about it is a sin (laughs) like um (laughs) right there's certain there's certain sins where you're commanded to fight and then there's these other ones where it's like oh well nothing nothing can be done like people are just inherently greedy like nudity is just inherently sexual like I i don't know that's just how the world is and i'm just like this is the way that they like cherry pick what is and what can be fought and what is just like, oh, well, human nature is very odd to me. Well, and it, yeah, it's it's similar to how like, like capitalism gets framed as like, mm-hmm. this is just the natural state of humans, you know, <laughs> like, like humans naturally get together and create markets and compete and this and that, like, uh, without any like thought to like, well, there are other ways that humans have organized. Uh-huh. And and similar to when it comes to like public public nakedness and like mm-hmm. you know like I mean Romans had public toilets that just you would go to and like being naked was relatively common or seeing people in various states of undress mm-hmm. was relatively common throughout human history. Uh, it was it was more common than not, I suspect. <laughs> yeah. And, and and it was and and while it was maybe frowned upon or maybe seen as a, a type of a, you know poverty or something like that or maybe just you know something that was still reserved for some areas it was like you 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 wouldn't typically go a day without seeing a naked person or right. you know and and honestly I think that that in and of itself is not such a bad thing because it's normalizes it mm-hmm. like it it has become it it's normalized and it's not like ooh oh wow you know like you know I've never seen a boob before and now I'm seeing a boob you know like. And it's like it, it, they're boobs, man. Like just like sometimes they're also, in, sometimes just, they're out, and sometimes, sometimes it's like you just sexualized feeding babies. So you're a bad person, and you need to go wash your mouth out with soap. That's what yeah, I have to say about yeah, that. Like you know, like yeah, sometimes they are sexual, but sometimes they're not. Like context, my man. Like it's okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, okay, but here's the thing, right? If you're saying that like a person walking past a baby being breastfed, like and seeing that is a sexual interaction, then you're also saying that breastfeeding is a sexual interaction. Mm-hmm. So like pick a side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I think that some of it's this not, is, it's not, it's not <laughs> sexual. Like it's just not like, and, 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 and like when I was a waiter, sometimes I would be waiting tables and there'd be someone, you know, feeding a baby. It's like, well, you know, everyone's getting a meal today. Like it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be a big deal. And, and I would even go so far, like I, I may have talked about this on the show before. I, I don't remember, but um, 
I remember like one of the first times I went, like it was like spring break. It was like spring break, my mm. freshman year of evangelical college. We went down <laughs> to like Miami or something. And actually, I don't remember. It was, I can't remember what year I went to Miami. Maybe it was my senior year. And, you know, there were people on the beach naked, you know, or in, you know, or topless or whatever. And honestly, what, what shocked me truly was that it was like, oh, this is just normal here. Right. Yeah. Like it was not this like weird, like, I hate this word, but I'm just going to use it because it fits titillating <gasps> thing. You know, it was just mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. yep, yeah, that woman, it doesn't have a top on. It's just not like some women have tops on, some women don't. And it right. wasn't. Right. It actually was just kind of just a thing that people were there. We didn't like that. That it didn't do much for me. It was just this very odd growth moment for me. I was like, yeah. oh, like it doesn't always have to be sexual. It can just, you know, because you know, again, in evangelicalism, you're taught that every 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 inch of skin is mm-hmm. sexual, right? Like every you know, or, or could be sexual. Which I'm like, okay, I feel like you're telling us some things about yourself, but exactly, go yes. off. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I'm really into shoulders, man. Collarbones really do something for me. Like, and if they do, great. But great, like, you know, love that for you. Doesn't mean it does it for everybody. And you know, like occasionally you're going to see a collarbone, man, and you're just going to have to be okay with it. I think that's the like the odd thing too. It's just like it's like if something is sexual for one person, it's sexual for everybody. If something mm-hmm. is sexualized for you know or has been sexualized in the past, it's you know, and it's like, and it's. I think evangelicals maybe don't understand how close they are to burkas. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like it just, it's mm-hmm. not far in just the way that it's understood and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the way that women's bodies are sexualized. Cause the funny thing is, is like male bodies are not sexualized like that. You know, it's right. In, in, right. I yeah. would say in some places actually they are, but it's, it's more like, you know, you need to be strong, you need to be masculine, but it's like, it's just, you're not, I mean, um, it's not male seen as friendship, sexual. like male, like proximity is sexualized by evangelicals. Yes, that's true. That's, you fair. know, yeah. um, I don't know, maybe that's different than bodies in a way, right? Cause it's not like, it's not like, oh, objectifying someone for whatever reason they see it as sexual among themselves. Yeah. I've not quite heard it said like that but that does make an interesting kind of sense like there is all relationships have a sexual component in evangelicalism i think oh my god that's crazy yeah that is so true so you can be friends with a man like like i could be friends with a man only up to a certain point before the friendship becomes sexual for the friendship is like this might be sexual you know, like, and then, what? and then, and then again, every, every relationship that a man has with a woman has a sexual component to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you wonder why, and we're shocked when like all these dudes are like, you know, getting reported for sexual harassment, like, because mm-hmm. every interaction they have with a woman is sexualized to yeah. them. Yeah. And, and every friendship they have with a man, like they, it's not so much, it could be sexualized. Do you have to defend against it becoming sexualized? No, you, your, like you, your, your orientation towards it is to preempt sexualization. Yes. Yes. Like from the jump, that is how you are supposed to engage is preempting. Mm-hmm. Like it's not connection. It's not like camaraderie. It's literally like your your first order of business is don't make it gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's that is the directive. 
And I, and I remember that was, um, that was such a driving force in like my childhood and my understanding mm-hmm. of masculinity was like, like being called gay, being seen as gay, like doing something that could be gay is like, that was the insult. That was the ultimate insult. Yes, you know, that exactly. was like the thing that you had to defend against everything. You, you could be weak. You could be ugly. You could be, I mean, list all the things that you could be, but to be gay. Oh no, that's the worst one. And, yeah, and that's, that's fine. And that's, I mean, and, and I see that in some ways shifting a bit. I mean, I, I grew up in the nineties folks, like it was a different time, but like that's kind of the way masculinity and and feminine masculinity in particular is this is a very fragile thing we have to protect at all costs mm-hmm. even though it's supposed to be rugged and and rough or whatever wild at heart what bullshit and so yeah of course you're going to like when you see someone naked you know whether it's a man or a woman it's like you're constantly monitoring what the the feelings that that evokes in you yeah and 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 honestly, it doesn't need to evoke any feelings in you. Uh-huh. It's just it's just a, a person, right? You can just not think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that that's a great point because because furry Ben Shapiro uh, probably was like eight weeks ago at this point or so made a comment about a I don't know some some celeb or like former like ball player or something who came out as pansexual and he's like I have a right to know if you're attracted to me or not yes like, oh my gosh I remember that what what <laughs> like how was that how okay like people don't have a right to housing but you have a right to know if I'm sexually attracted to you like no sir yeah and the, the, you're making a lot of assumptions there furry truly because because you're one that that they're attracted to you like mm-hmm. just because they're attracted to men <laughs> does not mean that they're attracted to you number one you know like do they do they get that do they not understand <laughs> see like that yeah it's like and and again like like i am like i i am straight tragically i'm working on it folks but it's just it's a process you know <laughs> You can't teach an old dog new tricks, I guess. You know, I and and there's a range of women that I find very attractive. There's there's some women I don't find attractive. There's you know, and so there's honestly some men that I find attractive, just not like attractive as I don't know, like I wouldn't call myself bisexual. Just like okay, they're attractive, but like yeah, that's, that's as far as I go. But it's like and that and that shifts and changes over time with culture, taste, age, whatever. But like it's not this like one like oh all women doesn't matter always all the time attractive Mm -hmm. to me you know like there's there's a type of person i'm attracted to like Mm -hmm. and and like that they don't understand that like you know gay people like they have types of people they're attracted to like right and you may fit that you may not but like and maybe unlike you don't it's probably mostly don't i imagine most gay men like if they admit they're attracted to furry ben shapiro it's like a it's like a like a mm, I, I just i don't like that he's my type but he is like right so yeah. i i it's an interesting thing and it's interesting how these various i'm going to talk a little bit about the atomites because there were actually kind of like a couple different rounds of these um groups called the atomites or and, and maybe, maybe that's you know misogynistic because eve was naked too but um <laughs> But there, there are these groups of Christians that were, you know, I would say they're Christian adjacent, 
maybe they're just people that wanted to be naked all the time. And they're like, hey, this Garden of Eden thing, this is a great metaphor for our new religion. But like even early on, I'm talking like second, third century. You know, there were these groups that wore no clothing in their religious services. And then, you know, and then they mm. would sometimes like set up like these like communities, communes, essentially. And, and actually, Christianity in general had was a lot more naked early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times baptisms were done naked. There was a and um, there was a, a time in which there was um, baptisms were done privately as well. And then they, they actually started. There was like a bishop. There's like this letter where the bishops were like, hey. Baptisms are for baptism, and perhaps male priests should baptize male priests and female. You know, they assumed there wasn't any, you know, homosexuality going on, but they're hmm. like, perhaps just go in and baptize them and get out, you know, because I think there were shenanigans going on. So, so like nakedness early on was was part of it, but these these Adamites were, and they weren't like it wasn't like a big sect of of folks. They were typically kind of like. Um, offshoots of Gnosticism and but they kind of viewed n- nudity as like again like the natural state of man um, you know we're trying to recreate paradise and it's actually it's interesting because like it wasn't they weren't like very strict Christians per se you know they rejected mm. the concept of marriage they were like you know marriage is something that happened post Eden like mm-hmm. and we're trying to get back to the Garden of Eden, so like we're not going to get married, you know. You know, basically, they're, they're going so far as to be like, you know, marriage is like a solution that was created because of sinfulness, and so we we're trying to get to where we're without sin, right? And in we're going to call nothing good or bad, you know, because mm. we don't know good or evil, and so they the sect didn't survive very long. <laughs> You know, once once Augustine caught whiff of this, you know, he tended to, you know, put down what he considered people he considered to be heretics. They actually the, the but these groups kind of like existed for a while. And then mm-hmm. it, during the Protestant Reformation, they kind of like had a how a they kind of came mm. back a little bit. Yeah. You know, this is like during the in the, the Holy Roman Empire. And so they again kind of but it was kind of the same vibe of like we we're kind of rejecting society we're rejecting hierarchy we're rejecting you know the the concept of sin and marriage and so it was these these kind of these very odd kind of for lack of a better term hippie com communes mm, yeah that would pop up and and i will say here this too like the medieval period kind of gets painted as in this one brush of like this is how life was but there was a lot of social experimentation that went on mm in uh europe at that time and i i just and judging by the art there was also a shit ton of nudity going on (laughs) yes yes oh my gosh the (laughs) yes seemed a lot more naked than now yeah a lot more naked than now and and a lot more free love than now that if you go to church records in a lot of places the births are maybe six months after the marriages Mm. so in a lot of cases yeah yeah so you know people just they they had a good old time so I mean, but the Adamites during the Protestant period were were murdered. Oh, okay. <laughs> they were they were they were like, mm, no, we're, we can't have this. Too much. You know, this, this is this too is, far. This is let's reel this in, you know. And and that was the funny thing about the Protestant Reformation generally was like there was a lot of this like push pull like mm, that's too far. No, Protestants and Catholics are going to get together and kill you. Mm-hmm. So 
and I don't know where that takes us today. I mean, there, there are modern Christian uh, nudist movements as well, but I, I do think it's interesting that like in the Bible, they do, they talk about nakedness and shame and they get, tend to get like tied together, mm-hmm. but like, but almost as if this was the ideal, the ideal was that we were naked. We were without shame. We were in this place where of abundance and mm-hmm. then it gets messed up. And I would even say gender hierarchy is a product of the fall per the scriptures. No, we're you keeping know? that one. Uh, but yeah, we'll keep that one for sure. <laughs> but That's a sin we can't do anything about. But, you know, <laughs> but, you know, part of the curse was that there would be gender hierarchy. So mm-hmm. we can talk about that in another episode. But I so I would say that would be part of, you know, maybe you don't need to get naked, but certainly uh, getting rid of gender hierarchies is uh, part of going back to Eden for sure. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to do with these groups, and there are other groups as well. But I, d- I find it interesting that there's this pretty consistent like pull, even if it's a minority pull in Christianity towards like nudism and anarchy. And I don't know mm. if it's like a chicken or egg situation. Like once right, you get naked yeah. with a bunch of people, you're kind of like, we're all the same. We don't need currency. We don't need marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't. You know. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's. I don't know what which one follows the other. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um it's there seems to be a um a common thread. Yeah. No, that that makes a lot of sense and I think that also like I mean now that I'm thinking about it and it definitely was not always this was not always the case. I'm not trying to like universalize like indigenous experiences by any stretch of the imagination, but there were a lot of there were a lot of tribes in the Americas that had a lot more like equal sort of roles for genders and roles for non-gendered people <laughs> and interestingly those from for, at least from the, like the reading that I've done which again it's like there were so many like it's absolutely bananas how many different people groups were here before before <laughs> before Columbus got lost <laughs> on his way to India but it's you know something that seems like again, like it, not necessarily like across the board or even like super consistent, but there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot, there was also like a lot more nudity and there was a lot more respect for people with female bodies. Mm-hmm. So to me, what that says mainly is that like, this is kind of a choice, like your choice to sexualize women just sort of inherently and to sexualize proximity to men inherently and to sexualize feeding children inherently. Like that's a choice. That's not like how God made the world. Mm-hmm. You made that decision. Like, sure. It's like if you, and then if you start to argue, well, like, well, they were being sinful by treating women equally <laughs> and by not wearing clothes, then we've got a whole other set of questions for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, but yeah, I mean, I think that. You know, we all do this. This is like a very classic human bias, I think, in in a lot of ways. But I think especially living in like the imperial core, as it were, we universalize our experiences. And we're like, it's always been like this, right? And I think evangelicals and, and, and um, I don't know, patri- quote unquote patriots are some of the worst at this, like this sort of revisionist history of failing to understand that no things actually were quite fucking different not that long ago and that people had different values and things shook out differently and it's just i mean i think a lot of it in 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 the case of like especially for like american evangelicals is there you know there's like there's universalizing and there's also this compulsion 
to, I mean, because you view yourself as superior to everyone who's like come before you Mm -hmm. (laughs) and everyone who's going to come after you if you're a boomer. (laughs) We're the peak. (laughs) No, No, that's probably a a pretty typical human, human bias too. Or maybe it's not like maybe again, this is maybe this is evangelicalism. People don't usually think like, Oh, we're the peak of our civilization and everything goes downhill from here. I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's more of a universal thing. I have no idea, but it seems fairly consistent with, with evangelicals that there is like this, this universalizing lens that they will put on, on themselves, on the history of Christianity, especially like, I mean, again, it's like, you're, why are you rewriting the history of your own religion? Yes. (laughs) While claiming that it is perfect. Like, again, pick a lane. I don't care which one. (laughs) It's like, stop driving in the middle. But yeah, it's like things don't have to be this way. Like people have made decisions to sexualize all the things and put like put all women and children and men in and, you know, in certain in certain circumstances, also men in like very dangerous situations. Like when you when you start sexualizing everything and then telling men you don't have control over your sexuality. Mm-hmm. So you need a container for it. And that container is a wife. Yeah. Like it makes a lot of sense that predators are going to be attracted to that kind of message, especially when you get a free pass. If you just say, Oh, I, I asked for forgiveness. I, well, yeah, exactly. I sinned. I screwed mm-hmm. up. I asked for forgiveness. God gave me a, <laughs> God gave me a, a clean slate. Yeah, God gave me this libido, and God gave me grace, and you know, and, that, and that's that's where I, I it's it's frustrating to me because it's, I it's not really that hard to be decent, but I don't think. But when you have all these authoritative voices telling you, nope, actually, young man, you are wildly sexual, and the a shoulder is going to just make you go crazy. It's like, mm-hmm. I, like, and, and again, as a teen boy, it's like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess, I guess, yeah. Shoulders are sexy, but it's like, I, I mean, um, they sure. Sometimes they are, but, <laughs> but it's also like, dude, you're kind of telling on yourself. Like we mm-hmm. kind of talked about that earlier. And, and I, I think it, I'm not saying the remedy is like, we all become nudists per se, but right. I yeah, that's do a good think, point. I do think that understanding that like there was actually a Seinfeld episode that where he like dated a nudist for a while Mm. and he talked about like there's good naked and there's bad naked like he's like vacuuming bad naked like (laughs) sneezing bad naked you know like so like because yeah I think George was like what's it like what's it he's like actually it's not as great as you think. And I, and I almost like I, I wonder if that framing good and bad is not a great framing, but just that mm-hmm. framing of like there is sexual nudity. Yes, absolutely. But like, but there's a lot. I would say the majority of nudity is non-sexual. Like, and that it and that's okay. Like, and mm-hmm. and there needs to be a little bit better understanding of context and and a woman just existing wearing a shirt is not like you know, an that invitation, an invitation, you know, and oh, her shorts are too short. Like, well, maybe she just has long legs and the <laughs> way we make shorts like just doesn't really fit her body style that well or her body type very well. 
but she still wants to wear shorts because it's fucking hot. Like, dude, just keep it in your pants. This is not an invitation. And so, like, understanding that, like, like her quote unquote nudity or immodesty is functional. She's hot. Like, not hot, like sexy, just like physically hot. Like, and and it's okay to not sexualize that person, you know, or maybe she wants to be sexualized, but that that's not an invitation to touch or to do anything else. Right. And yeah. so I think, and I don't, I don't think we're going to fix a lot of these chuds, but I think it's, it's a conversation that needs to be had. And I think for some people like, you know, understanding their own bodies and understanding nakedness in a more um, complex way is going to be the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that there are definitely, you know, as like as time has gone on and as I've moved away from evangelicalism, I've definitely realized like there are so many different ways and so many better ways to do things. And I, you know, I think part and we've talked about this on here before, but like part of the part of like the again, the fundamental orientation of evangelicals is this like deep commitment to incuriosity. Right. Mm, And deep commitment to like not trying new things because it's like when you already have the answers, you don't need to do those things. You don't need to be curious. You don't need to ask questions. You don't need to try different ways of doing things. So, yeah, I I think that once you leave that headspace, even if you stay in evangelical, you're like a much better person for it (laughs) and a much safer person in the world. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah be i don't know i don't know if like be naked i don't know if that's the slogan we want to walk away from on this one but like well yeah be as naked as you feel like being yeah it's totally fine and that's fine and um and i think that that there's a certain amount of i think there's freedom for me at least like there's a lot more freedom in not sexualizing literally everything Mm -hmm. than there was in like the everything is sexual and you know everyone's got to hide everything Um, well yeah because it's like the difference between like hyper vigilance where you have to notice everything and just like minding your business (laughs) Mm -hmm. which takes a lot less energy it turns out yeah minding your business is great so much mental freedom so rather than yeah feeling like i'm gonna get assaulted by reality reality so yeah, so go enjoy yourselves in whatever way you want and um, yeah, be as naked as you want to be uh, and respect the nakedness of others. Uh, <laughs> so I'm uh, trying to take another pro-human approach here. Yeah, exactly. So, well, thanks, folks. Uh, it's been a good one. If you would like to continue this conversation about nudity, join our uh, Discord, uh, patreon.com slash gohomebible. If not, take 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 the conversation to the interwebs. Um, I, I don't know where we're going to be mostly, but um, I hear Instagram is nice and threads is fine, I suppose. Um, <laughs> I still don't have threads. I need to go and see if the if they've like if they've updated the privacy policy so the EU approves it. <laughs> so I'm still waiting on that one. Yeah, it's uh it's an it's an interesting place but uh we'd love to see more of you on it and yeah just continue the conversation and we'll see you next week 